Welcome to RCCG, Jesus Worship Centre, Brisbane, Queensland. A place of God's word, power and praise. Where Christ's love reigns, champions are raised, dreams come true. Listen and God bless you. Who among us? Does not like somebody else fighting and you winning. God fights for us and we win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I cannot, there's no way I can express my gladness. That I don't need to carry, but I don't need to go to the war front. God goes to the war front, fights my battle, then he gives me victory. Hallelujah. I am excited, actually, that every battle of my life. As I place them before the Almighty God, He fights for me and He gives me victory. Praise the Lord! <laughs> I'm in a very comfortable position, I can tell you. My position is secured and assured by God Himself. And it does not matter what presents before me. Because I know my God is the captain of the hosts of heaven. He has never lost a battle before. And he will not start to lose right now. He is the Lord who is mighty in battle. There is no one that can ever face him and say, I have defeated God. Nobody has. Nobody, no such person has been born. So this morning, I just want us to join the hosts of heaven and say, Lord God Almighty, I thank you for fighting my battle for me. Thank you for victory that I have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, O oh God Almighty, for the supernatural victory that I have in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a marvelous God you have. Ah. Oh, Father, I bless your holy name. Now we'll sing that song again. You've done so much for me.
and beyond what any man can ever think or ask. Lord, unto you we have come this morning with a heart of gratitude. We stand here, oh Lord, before you because you have made it possible for us. For Lord God Almighty, even before, right with our eyes, we have seen so many people in hospital. Right here, we have seen so many people who are bogged down with one form of illness or the other, mentally and physically. For Lord, that has not been our portion. Oh God, even with our ears, we have heard that in some places it is not, it is not possible to gather like this to worship you. But for us, you are giving us liberty. Lord God Almighty, we thank you. Because you are, God, you are the God of our yesterday, you are the God of today, you'll be our God in tomorrow. We appreciate you, our Heavenly Father. We thank you for the daily manifestation of your blessings over us. Thank you, O oh Lord, for where you are taking us to. Thank you because your word is very true. The eyes have not seen it yet. Neither has hair heard it yet. What you have is stuck for those people who believe in you. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to trust and to believe in you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, with heart of thanksgiving, we have come this morning. Lord, we appreciate you for who you are. And Lord, in simple terms, we just want to say we love you. Thank you, O Lord, for who you are and for what you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Thank you, choir. Let's sit down. Hallelujah. We give the praise and glory to the name of the Lord for this morning and for another day to rejoice at the faithfulness of the Lord. I don't know about you, but <laughs> when the choir sang that song that you are the you are the one who fights. I'm the one who wins. I said, oh. <laughs> That's actually very profound. God fights. I win. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's no such, no other comforting situation that I can ever be. Because I even know now that no matter the battles that are facing me or will face me, it will not be me that will fight. It is God that will fight, and I will just sit down and watch. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I welcome you to the month of August. It's going to be a great and exciting month. I know it with all assurance that the Lord God Almighty is set to do a new thing in our midst. If I tell you I know what the new thing is, I might be telling lies. Because... God cannot be put in a box to say this is what he will do. This is how he will do it. If he doesn't do it like that, then no, no, no. So we give God liberty to do whatever he has purposed to do and he will surely accomplish it in your lives, in my life, and in this church in the name of Jesus. So briefly, just to charge us, I want to encourage us that greater things are yet to come. Hallelujah. So as we gathered to celebrate the Lord and give him thanks for all he has done, I am telling you that even greater things will yet come. Hallelujah. If you are excited about that, say, praise the Lord. How do I know that greater things are yet to come? 
Because the Lord enjoys doing new things every day. And like we said, God has a pattern. All that God does is always good. God has no evil with him. All that he does is always good. So that's the pattern of God. And if you're saying God has that pattern and he's set to do something new again, that means <laughs> he's set to do something new and good in your life. And this I believe that surely it will come to pass in Jesus' name. I am not talking of my own. I'm talking based on what the word of God has told us. And speaking based on what we have been instructed to tell you. So as we thank the Lord for what he has done for us this year, we need to know that greater and better things are yet to come. Why? Because the Lord is constantly in the business of doing new and good things. The Lord is promising to do even greater things for us than he has done in previous years or in previous months. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19, which is our key verse, key verses in this month. Isaiah 43, uh, verse 18 to 19 says, Remember not, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now, please let's read together verse 19, if you can see it on the screen. Behold, I will do. And shall speak forth. You shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <laughs> Hallelujah. May I tell you this morning that no matter the wilderness you've passed through, no matter the desert that you have been through, that it seems as if oh, 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 there is even no water for, her, for us to drink here, God is saying He will make a way. One, you will know where you are going to from this time on. And two, it will make provisions for you, even in that place, in the name of Jesus. So it's, we know it is the nature of God to always do good things, like I've said before. And God makes sure that the way he does them are always new. So if he did a good thing for you yesterday, and we are thanking God for all he did for us, yesterday we are rejoicing, we have come here today for Thanksgiving, and we are rejoicing at what the Lord has done for us, I want to tell us, that God has just started. And like I said, his pattern is good. So he will do something entirely new that you have never really thought about before in the name of Jesus. I say to you, the Lord will surprise you this month. I say to you, the Lord will surprise you this month. I say to you, the Lord will surprise you this month. He will surprise you for good this month in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want to tell you again that if the Lord has promised is very faithful to accomplish what he says. You see, honestly, I was, I was just reflecting on this. I said, look, how can somebody be the ancient of days? I mean, you know what the ancient of days means? That's God. That's God himself. God rules and he continues to rule and he just continues and, you know, he has no time. He has no, 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 expiry, no expiry date. He just continues and continues like that. I said, oh. It will actually be very boring for God to continue to do the same thing like that, you know. So he has to find a way of doing new things, you know, so that he will not be bored. He has to find a way of doing new things. But we know his pattern is good, but he will always do something new. So whatever thing you have experienced, 
and you think God has been very gracious. We thank the Lord for that, and we give God praise for all that he has done. But I want to tell you now, you haven't seen anything yet. God is going to surprise you in the name of Jesus. It is not every time I bring this message of assurance, but I want to assure you this morning that God is going to do something exciting in your life in the name of our Lord Jesus. So, God is faithful to his promises. He's very faithful to keeping his promises. But you know, there might be some hindrances to the fulfillment of these promises in our lives. And that's what we are going to look at briefly in this time that I have um, to spend with us. There might be some hindrances to the fulfillment of the promises that God has to the activation of the new things that God wants to do in our lives, to the activation of the good, better, best things that God wants to do in our lives. One, number one, is the issue of our imprisonment. We, ourselves, sometimes use the past, our past, to imprison ourselves. And that is very dangerous. Sometimes, we just look at ourselves and say, oh, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Uh, I know the antecedents. I know what has happened before. Historical facts are just history. Nobody can ever say that history will certainly repeat itself the same way it has done before. There may be some variation. There will always be a variation. So imprisonment of our past can prevent God from doing greater and new things that he wants, us, he wants to do in our life. The past may bring remembrance of failures that we have done, that we have experienced before, yes. We might have failed in so many places. We might have, oh, prayed. Like somebody challenged me, he said, oh, how could I believe in this God? When all that I prayed about, he has no answer. I said, eh. <laughs> The truth is that whether God answers prayers or he doesn't answer prayers, he is still God. That you cannot change. There's nothing you can do about that. Honestly. There's nothing you can do about that. And you see, the fact that he does not answer your prayer the way you are presented it doesn't mean that he has not actually answered prayers. The truth is that he might have answered it in another way, but you are so fixated. No, you have to give me blue color. If it's not blue color, you have not given me anything. You know? And God looks at you and says, well, okay. Until you get to realize how is majestic and sovereign, you might not be able to benefit. So I pray that your past will not imprison you in the name of Jesus. So our future should not be ruled by our past. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, a popular verse that I like so much in the scripture, but it talks about even when you have made a mistake, that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus now. That even if you have actually wronged before <laughs> and you have asked God to forgive you your sin, there's no condemnation for you again. So if you now start to say, oh, you know, I give a, you know, whatever you know, I did in the past, you know, it's still haunting me. I want to tell you this morning that you need to free yourself from that. You need to free yourself from that. You need to free yourself from that. For the blood of Jesus that cleanses removes all traces of remembrance of sins that you have committed if genuinely you have repented hallelujah 
Praise the Lord. So we should not be imprisoned by our past. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the price of the hopeful call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget the things of the past. So it's your neighbor, forget the things of the past. Roll it away. The Lord God Almighty will give you the grace in Jesus' name. So the first hindrance is imprisonment of our past. The second one is unbelief and faithlessness. Unbelief and faithlessness can prevent the great things that Lord God wants to do in our lives. We have talked about this many times. But unbelief is actually a temptation which is common to all men, especially believers. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, there was this man that came, I mean, in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, 24, this man came to Jesus. He had a child that was, um, that was afflicted, and he came to Jesus. He was a believer. The fact that he came to Jesus meant he believed in Jesus. So he was a believer. He came to Jesus, and he said, uh, please, can you heal my child? <laughs> and Jesus said to him, ah, just believe. When you believe, it shall be done. And he prayed one prayer that surprised me, which I still pray even for myself today. I believe you, Lord, help my own belief. <sighs> Some English language people will say, that's oxymoron. How can you believe and say unbelief? But he said, well, Jesus looked at him and realized where he was coming from. So for some of us sitting down here, we might have one or two or three things that we have trusted the Lord for. Please, I want to assure you, let's look at it plainly. If God would just sit in heaven and say, let there be light. Boop. And there was light. He didn't start to say, consult Gastoban, and let's do wind. It has to come like that. And he said, okay, let the water move from, um, and the land be separated from the, and boop, everything appeared. He didn't bring uh, construction engineers and excavators and, you know, dredgers. No, 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 no. If God with his spoken word, will activate the whole heaven and earth. How big can your challenge be that God cannot fit? The Lord will do that which you have trusted him for, and he will do beyond that which you have trusted him for in Jesus' name. I know that unbelief is common to man, because I too, sometimes I, 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 I lack faith. I know that unbelief is common to man because sometimes I too, I am way down under the burden of God, this has stayed too long. There's a prayer point I have every day, a particular time of the day. My wife knows. My alarm actually rings at that time of the day, and my wife knows that when it rings, there's only one prayer point I have. Only one prayer point. And I've been praying that prayer. And I said I will continue to pray that prayer. Because I know God is faithful to answer the prayer. I will not relent. So I want to challenge you today. Have you been praying about something and it looks as if God has not answered or he will not answer? Increase the tempo. God will surprise you beyond the expectations in Jesus' name. Unbelief and faithlessness can stop great things from happening in our lives. You see, our God is not limited by anything. The Bible tells us that with God, nothing 
shall be impossible. Sometimes we make God too small. You know, God, you know, doctors have said this. Therefore, doctors, you know, um, their opinion is very valid. And this is a fact, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it's very, very unlikely that you do anything beyond what doctors have said. Ah, oh, come on. Who created doctors? Who gave doctors wisdom? Please, let's challenge our faith. Let's challenge our our faith in God and believe that God is able to do beyond what we can ask or imagine. And the Lord will surprise us. He will do greater and better things for us in Jesus' name. The third thing is disobedience and stubbornness, stubbornness of heart. Jeremiah chapter, 20, chapter 7 verse 24 says, Yet they did not obey or incline their hair, but walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. You see, the problem with disobedience and stubbornness of heart is that it just puts us not only in the same position, but it takes us back. Whereas we want to move forward. And God is designed that we move forward, but we just stay in one position and before we know it, because of our disobedience, we are actually moving backwards. You see, and at the root of all stubbornness is the fear of letting go of your own ideas, of your convictions, of your decisions, and at times, at times, of your identity. You just don't want to, I just don't want to believe that it's going to happen. And that forms, it sets in us, and this is, this is why a lot of us disobey when God is interested in moving us forward, because we felt, oh, God, you know, <laughs> think very much, think better. God, you are not thinking well. <laughs> we have tested this, we have seen that this is how it works. Even to God, some people are saying that. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. The fourth thing is liturgy and unwillingness to confront the issues of life. Liturgy and our unwillingness to confront the issues of life limits us from getting the fullness of what God wants to release unto us. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, We should fight the good fight of faith. We should take hold of the eternal life to which we were called. When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Some of us just don't want to do something. We just want to stay there. It's okay. And some of us, we even fail to, to, to challenge issues that come to us. So I'll give an example. When I say fail to challenge issues, a small boy called Samuel in the book of, um, I think it's, um, well, I've forgotten. But I think it's uh, somewhere in, yeah, for Samuel. For Samuel. Uh, Samuel went to Eli and told Eli. Eli called him and said, what did God tell you? <laughs> God has told Samuel, small boy, that the sons of Eli will die one day in a battle. Before then, God had revealed to Eli that, look, Eli, you are not disciplining your children the way I expect you to discipline them. And, you know, you are the Lord, whatever you want to. 
you know, that's his response. So he left his children, and he was hearing that his boys were going to the temple. They were molesting women. They were collecting women's sacrifices, and, you know, sacrifice that was meant to be given to God. <laughs> they were taking it and eating it and taking the portion. It's okay. It's okay. You know. So when God came again and told him, look, to Samuel, God told him to Samuel, your sons will die in a battle. This battle they've gone to, they will die there. Ah, you will expect a priest to go to, to, to tear his clothes like David would do and say, God, hey, 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 like some of us I know would do. <laughs> hey, God, you better kill me. It's me you should kill, not my children. <laughs> you will expect him to do that, but you say, oh, God, okay, whatever you want to do, you are God. How many of us? accepting those kind of things in one way or the other in our life now. You just accept it. It's okay. It's okay. We are supposed to fight the good fight of faith. We are supposed to be fighting the good fight of faith. Because God has assured us he will give us victory. All that we need to do is to come and demonstrate that <laughs> look, who are you Goliath defiling the, the most high God? Oh, it is not me that is going to fight Goliath, but I just need to speak and challenge Goliath as if I have something. Well, I, I know I didn't have anything, but I know I have God. That's all God wants us, us to do. We should be ready to challenge these things when they come to us. Don't let us accept it. They have told me, somebody, I must mention this. In Western Australia, me and a brother, we went to pray for one sister. And we got to the house. Maybe I've given this I've said here this year before. And um, this sister had one very funny disease. She said, when she's walking, her legs, oh, okay, now I know. She said her legs, if she's walking straight, her legs can just, and turn like this. So that she will not be able to walk again. It's a kind of neurological disorder. And anyone, if anyone has that kind of disorder here, in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Lord will heal such person in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyway, so we went to this sister's house, me and, you, and we, me and my brother, we said, we are going to pray for you. Ah. The woman said, no, that's only. I, ah. We said, why? She said, because that's what killed her father. I said, uh-huh. So, and he killed her grandfather. I said, uh-huh. So, she said, he's going to kill her too. Ah. <laughs> so, at that stage, honestly, what do you expect us to do? We just say, okay, sister, uh, God will give you courage. <laughs> so we, we couldn't pray for her because she said, there's no need that is going to kill her. You see, we need to challenge some of these things. Even if you have a doctor's report that they have written and given to you and you say, three months more to live. Uh-uh. There's a man in the Bible that the king in the Bible that rewind and told that you have only a few days to live. And he said, eh, okay. <laughs> and he went and shot himself and just faced the wall and prayed that God, you remember this, this, this I did? <laughs> you want to take me now? Is that the way you repay people? <laughs> you see, we need to challenge some of these things sometimes. No matter what it is, let's come to God and say, God, look, you made a promise. I know you are faithful to your promise. Then do this. Easy. The Lord surely will do it for us in Jesus' name. 
So remove liturgy, remove unwillingness to confront these issues of life. Lastly, the fifth one that can debar us from the greater things that God wants to do in our life is ingratitude. Say ingratitude. You know, sometimes we just forget that God is the one that is doing even what you are benefiting now. We tend to forget that God is the one that is in charge even of your life right now. We tend to forget that wisdom and power belongs unto God. And the way he demonstrates it is beyond what you can imagine. Ingratitude, as a matter of fact, hurts God. Our ingratitude pains God. You see, why we like that? I like that song, Showers of Blessing. Or showers of blessing I need. Uh, mercy drops have been falling. I like that song a lot. But I know that for mercy drops, we should constant, constantly give thanks as well. Because if you don't give thanks for mercy drops, there's no way you're going to have a shower. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculation, and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, the way ingratitude does, what it does for us is that it actually blocks, it blocks our access to God. So, you're here today because God has given you the grace to be here. I will share with my sister. She said she traveled and, you know, long distance and, you know, she didn't know that it was going to hurt her back. And I said, ah, I remember. Me too, I can I don't try such things. But, you see, even in that, the fact that at her age, she can do that kind of travel, long distance, and drive back. <laughs> it's an amazement. It's only God that could have done that. She is sitting down here today because God has showed you mercy. Many of us sit down, we don't even consider that sometimes our, our bottles might be paining us that we don't, we don't have the opportunity to sit down. It just takes one or two, three boys, you know, in the wrong places, you won't be able to sit down like you're sitting now. It won't happen to you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm saying is that even the fact that you're sitting down is grace and mercy that we have received. In conclusion, to benefit from these great things which the Lord has promised, we need to acknowledge that when God spoke through prophet Isaiah in that book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18, God was revealing the salvation that will come unto man through Jesus Christ. That the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ will bring the generous goodness of God and will bring a renewed hope for mankind. Titus chapter 3 verse 4 to 7 says, but after the kindness, after that 
after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he had shed on us abundantly through Christ, Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made his to the hope of eternal life. You are here this morning. The goodness of God is demonstrated to Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross of Calvary. And that's why we have victory. Victory over sin, victory over diseases, victory over every issue of life. For if you have not benefited from that goodness and you are still wallowing under the yoke and burden of sin, then for you, Actually, I want to say that God has purpose today to do a spectacular new thing in your life. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads right now. So if you're here this morning, and this goodness of God that is demonstrated on the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ dying for you on the cross, has not yet been, is not been made personal. You have heard about it? Yes. They have told you about it? Yes. But it has not really been made personal. You still go your own way. You have been doing your own things. The Lord is calling you today that you should come unto him and he will receive you. The Lord is stretching forth his hand. He's knocking by you at the door of your heart now. If you only open that door to him, he will come in, he will be with you, and he will reveal his goodness, his greatness for you. So if you are here this morning, you want to pray that prayer with your heart, place your heart on your, on your, your hand on your heart, where your heart is, place your hand on where your heart is, your right hand, and pray that prayer, that Lord Jesus, for me, I know you died on the cross of Calvary. This is a special thing that you have done. Lord, I come unto you this morning that this special thing that you have done, I want to receive of it and I want to start to walk in your goodness so that you can reveal your greatness in my life. So if you are praying that prayer, I want you to pray it with all your heart, not because I am saying you should pray. But it should be a commitment that comes from you. And the Lord God Almighty who sees, is seeing you and is hearing you, even though you are not voicing those things out. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise, O oh Lord, for the grace of salvation that you have released to all men. Thank you, O Lord God Almighty, for opening our hearts to be able to understand that which you are revealing unto us today. In Jesus' name. Now, if you please rise up with me, I just want us to pray one prayer point and I'll go and sit down. Please, can you stand up? And we're just going to say, Father, I want to say thank you today because you have been good unto me. I thank you because you have always constantly been good 
<laughs> you have constantly been good unto me. I cannot deny it. Can we lift up our right hand as, as we pray that prayer? Father, I just want to say thank you. I thank you for you have been good unto me. You are always constantly being good. Every day you do something good. Not the same thing you did yesterday, but something different again. <laughs> Lord, which one am I going to, how am I going to start? Lord, I appreciate you for your goodness. I appreciate you for your mercy. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Oh, wonderful Savior, I give you praise. Have you been impacted by this message? Please share your experience with the pastor of the church, either via email, info at rccgjesusworshipcenter.org.au or please call plus 614 662 580.